you have the word of the Lord with you today, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 6 and 7 and 8. I don't know if I'll get down to 8, but it says, That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So, if we look at this, and starting in verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. You know, if we look at this, this is the substance. Can we go of, of, of that mystery which had been hidden from, from all ages and was now made known? Because we look in verse three, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. God made known unto Paul the mystery as I wrote a form for a few words. So he's referring to, if we go back into chapter 2, we can see the words that he's talking about here. So we can see this, you know, these things were made known to the New Testament apostles and prophets. Because we see a couple times here that they talk about, it's not the Old Testament prophets, it's the New Testament. The New Testament prophets, the apostles, was this mystery made known unto us. That mystery is that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. They're the Gentiles, you know, what we got to remember is we're Gentiles, okay? If you're not a Jew, you are continued to be a Gentile, considered to be a Gentile. So we're talking about us, Carl. We're, we're, we were Gentiles. And when he says here that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, isn't that awesome? The heirs of salvation, these things. It's awesome. And so all of this had been known, but especially unto the Apostle Paul, who is writing about it here in the book of Ephesians. And let's look back to chapter 2. Chapter 2 in verse 12. And it says, look at here. They're talking about the Gentiles, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And what does it say? Having no hope and without God in the world. Isn't that amazing when we look at this? Look at verse 19. And it says, Now therefore, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Here we go again over in verse 6. It says in 3, it says that we are fellow heirs. Here it says, and we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Isn't that just crazy when we look at that? Now, therefore, from the, kind of like from going on forward, you know, you're not a stranger. You're not a foreigner to the, to the doctrines of grace and the different doctrines that they talk about here. You're not foreigners. Remember, we talked about that. Fellow citizens. Look even in chapter, chapter three, where we just are in verse three, that he talks about that, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, the hidden truth. 
as he wrote of four before in few words. And we can see as we look at this and we can see how he's writing all about this stuff that's in here. You know, when we get into chapter two, you know, that's what he's talking about. You know, the Gentiles and look at, look at in verse one, verse one of chapter one, what does it say? Paul, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He's not, Paul wasn't writing this to the Jewish nation. He was writing it to the saints which are at Ephesus. And we know that Ephesus was a city that was given holy all over to idolatry. But it just wasn't to them and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Who is that faithful in Christ Jesus? You know, we look at it, we're the faithful in Christ Jesus. So this epistle was not just written to those at Ephesus, but to the faithful, the faithful in Christ Jesus from that time forward. And we got to realize that was, you figure, um, close to over 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote this with paper and ink. He wrote down these words that were given to him by Lord God Almighty. And he wrote down these things for our edification, which which should really, really make us really feel good. You know, when we look at it, you know, this is a book that should not just be left upon the shelf. We need to read it. We need to study it. We need to meditate on it. I heard somebody the other day say meditation is kind of reading things over and over again. This is not something like that one guy a lot of years ago when I was at Thrall, and he said, I know I brought this up before, he said, I don't understand you Christians. When you read this book once, why do you have to read it again? But we have to understand, this book, Susie, is not like any other book, okay? My wife reads a lot of books. And I, I would venture to say that except for reading the Bible over and over again, I would be willing to say that 100% of the time when she reads a book, she don't read that book again. Am I correct, darling? Okay. So, see, this is a book that is just, you don't read it once and you put it on the bookshelf and you forget about that book. This is a book that we are to continue to be reading all of the time, all of the time. I started out in the, in the Old Testament. I came back and just this past week, I finished the entire, uh, New Testament and I went back into the Old Testament. In fact, I just started with the book of Job and I'm going to read the rest of the, the Old Testament. So we need to keep doing it because I was, I was telling Leroy, I sat there and I said, you know what? I, I read, um, Philippians and, and Colossians. And it was just like, all of a sudden it was like, boom, Carl. As says, all these things, I looked at it, I'm reading it, and I says, what am I reading this for the first time? I didn't, I didn't see these things that were written in there. And it's amazing as we do these things. And it's the same thing when we're reading through, when we're going through, you know, we're almost through with, with Matthew. Do you realize that next week, next Sunday, we'll, we'll read chapter 28. 
And you realize that's 28 weeks. That's 28 weeks. That's half a year. So when we look at this and we see, wow, isn't this amazing as we go through the scriptures? Don't you want it that, that he'll reveal unto us different things as he revealed the hidden mystery unto Paul and he reveals all these things to Paul to write these things that are in here that should exhort us and should, should be for our edification all the time as we, we go through these scriptures and read these things, you know. Uh, you know, the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, you know, and of the same body. You know, so many times through the scriptures, we realize we, it, it, when it talks about the body, Carl, it talks about that's, that's the church. That's the church. Cause even later on in here, in, in Ephesians, it talks about that. All the joints and everything come together. That means everyone has a particular job in the church, or a, let's say maybe not so much a job, but a gift. Because when he talks about the body, and we have many different things work in the body, the fingers, you know, the eyes, the ears, you know, the mouth, all these things, the hands that help us, the feet that make us walk and everything. And it's, it's amazing when we see that, that what? God put together his body. You know, the heart, the reproductive system the different things that he's given us. I'm not saying he, he's, we don't believe in free will, but he's given us a will that we know what we need to do in this world. You know, I don't mean to pick on you, Carl, but, <laughs> you know, Carl gets up every morning. You know, God doesn't sit there and, Tap Carl on the shoulder and say, Carl, it's time to get up. You need to go to work. Okay, Carl, you gotta eat, bre- I don't know if you eat breakfast. You gotta get in your car. You gotta go to work. You gotta do different things. No, because Carl knows what he has to do each and every day. He's given us a, a, a powerful mind to know the things that we have to do. But he's always there. You know what I say lately? He's always in the background. He's taking care of him. He's taking care of Carl when he drives to work when he goes through his job, when he's traveling and everything, God's there taking care of him all the time. It's amazing when we look at that. You know, when we look at this, that when it says, you know, and of the same body, I wrote down a few notes, a joint body, a fellow member of the church or the congregation of God. This through this word, one, one body, one body. Um, let's look at chapter 2. Let's read verses 14 through 17. We can see this. For he is our peace who had made both one, one body, one body, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished or having taken away in his flesh the enmity between Jew and Gentile, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. We've seen what the Old Testament laws, the ceremonial laws, and it was there. Contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Peace between Jew and Gentile. 
and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. So we look in here and we see so many things saying one of two, he made one. Now we have to understand that when we're talking about Jews and Gentiles, we got to understand he's not talking about the Jews that were going to the temple. He is talking about Jews like the apostles and those that were believing in Jesus Christ and who he was. Even to this day, we know that there's a lot of people over in the land of Israel that do not believe that Jesus Christ was the Savior. They are still waiting for the Savior to come. The non-believing Jews, but the believing Jews that believe in Jesus Christ, believe that he's the only begotten Son of the Father, the Savior that was come into the world. They believe in that. And we are believing with them as we look at this, as we go through this. Look at Romans chapter 8. When he talks about this in Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Remember that back in that time, if you were adopted into a family, you could never be cut out of that family. You would get an inheritance. And so as we are, we're not of, we were not of that original family. We were brought in by adoption, but we can never be taken out of that. We are going to get the inheritance. And that's everlasting life that he gives unto all of us. Isn't this wonderful when we look at that and we say, that everlasting life. It's ours. It's ours. And if it's ours, then our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. We're one of His, and we can never be taken out. You know, he says, For all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. And of those that come unto me, what does he say? I'm not, I will not lose one. Jesus says, I'm not going to lose one of you at all. That's like when we sing the song to 99. What happens? He goes out to find that sheep that's lost. And sometimes, even though we're a child of God, sometimes we do become lost in the things of this world. And it, isn't it comforting unto you that Jesus leaves those 99 and he goes to find you and brings you back into the, what is, what does the song say? In the shelter of the fold. The shelter of the fold. He brings us up. You know, we're all of the, cha- the same church state, isn't that? Isn't that amazing? Because we look at it now, and when it started out, when we're looking at the book of Acts, there wasn't all different kind of religions, was there, Sue? There wasn't a lot. There weren't. There was, it's the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ. And they met in the homes. 
They met in the homes. And you know, now as we're going along, you know what? Man has corrupted so many different things. They've corrupted this by all different kinds of religions and everything. One believes this, one believes that. We, some people say there's a lot of cults and everything on this world. I'm not going to get involved in that. But when it talks about in Revelations, there's only going to be one church again. Who's going to be the minister of that church? Jesus Christ. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And He's going to be sitting on the right hand of the Father when we go to be with Him. Isn't that awesome when we see these things? You know, we are the same with the, with the believing Jews. We got to remember the believing, the believing Jews under one and the same head. We're all under the same head of the church. Who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile right now. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Turn to, turn to Ephesians chapter four. We can see we're, we're all one, right? We're all one. Look at four. We're going to read four through seven. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Like I said, there's only one body. We've already, we've already said that that one body is the one church. There's one church. There's one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit that's indwelling in our bodies today. Even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One. That's an effectual calling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Call them one over you. There's only one Lord. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Jesus Christ. There's only one name, one Lord, one faith. One faith. That's our faith is in who? Faith is not in Dave. It's not in Brother Zach or Brother Jimmy or anybody else. Brother Leroy, Brother Roger. What? Our faith is in who? Jesus Christ. Remember we've, we've told Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, myself, it's not how much faith you have. It's who do you have faith in today? Who do you have faith in today? I hope your faith stands in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One faith, one baptism. Believer's baptism. Baptism by immersion. I know there's a lot of churches, a lot of places. I went to one of those churches, Lutheran church. You sprinkle. That is not biblical. I, I'm not saying dear what, I, if you can find anywhere in the Bible where it says that they sprinkled somebody in baptism, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm wrong. But I, but I, I can rest assured that you're not going to find it. Only one baptism. There's only one God and Father. There's only one God and Father. 
And He's the creator of heaven and earth. He created all the things in this world for us, for our enjoyment, to enjoy these things that He's given unto us. One God and Father of all. He's our heavenly Father who is above all. He is above all. Remember, He's the infinite God. We're finite. He says what? My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. He's above all and through all, and He's in you all. He's in every single one of blood-bought child of God. Verse 7, but unto every one of us is given grace. God gives each and every one of us a measure of grace. You know, that we can boldly, confidently approach that throne of mercy to find grace and help of time and need. When we're going through something, we go to Him in prayer. And He gives us the grace that we need to get through what we're going through. He gives us that unmerited favor of God. Because we don't deserve that favor of God. Not at all. None of us do. But we're thankful when He gives us that grace of God unto all of us. That grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You know, He is, He is really, He is really so good to us, doesn't He? It's just awesome when we see these things throughout here. This is why I really do like the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. All the time. All the time. Same body. And partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. And we are partakers. The partakers is we're co-participants. We're participants of that. Partakers of His promise, God's promise in Christ by the gospel. When we look at these things and we realize what He's trying to tell unto us, I wrote down some things. All these promises and all others, all other promises. We, we've talked about that not that long about the promises of God. And don't, don't feel bad if you go to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, you promised, you promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. He's given us a lot of exceeding great and precious promises in the scriptures. So these promises that he's here and all others are in Christ and they're safe and secure. These promises are safe and secure because they're in Jesus Christ. Remember, he's the one that was all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Sin. Safe and secure. And it is, it is through being in Christ. We gotta understand it is through being in Christ that any come to partake of them. Partake of them. You know, these promises, you know, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, he says, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He takes care of us. He rewards us. You know, when we look at it, he's, he's not going to reward us with money. He's not going to reward us with gold and silver, precious stones, or anything like that. He's not going to do that. He's going to give us the things that we stand in need of. He's going to, he gives us our health, our health and our happiness. 
He takes care of us. He gives us our daily, our daily food, our daily blessings. He rewards us in so many things. The blessings, His grace, never leaving us nor forsaking us. So we always know that when we're going through a hard time, we're never alone. I think there's a song in our song, No, Never Alone. We're never alone when we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Isn't that, doesn't that make you feel good to realize that you're never alone? That you have Him right by your side to be there. And just like the footprints in the sand, He walks with us. And the thing, the song we have, and He walks with me and He talks with me. And what does it ever say? And He tells me I am His own. You know, and when we go along these things, that He's there for us. And with the footprints in the sand, when the guy looked back and he saw only one footprint, and he questioned God. You know, don't, don't, don't feel bad if you question God. We gotta remember, we're just human beings. We're human beings. Even though we know that God is with there. When my dad passed away, you can ask my wife, I got out on the lawnmower. That was my, I guess, my safety net. And I was sitting there, and I'm crying, and I'm like, you know, why? Why did you do this to me? I questioned God. Why did you do this to me? My dad was coming out. He was helping us. I was getting close to my dad, closer than I think I had ever been in my entire life. And I questioned him. And it was just like, you know, Romans 8, 28. And all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. And we, and we look at that and we see. And then I realized that, you know, I can look back on that now and it, it, it was, for whatever reason, it worked towards my good. So. God is there for us, isn't us? You know, His promises, and the promises that He gives unto us, you know, these blessings are told us in the preaching of the gospel. We can see these promises, the good news, the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, it's the good news. Isn't Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John good news? It's good news. When we look, when we look and we've just finished up in, in Matthew chapter 27. And we see the crucifixion of Jesus. And you want to say, that's, you know, like when those two were on the road to Emmaus. And he said, well, those two that were walking, what did they say, Carl? They said, you know, we thought this was going to be the very Christ. We thought this was the very Christ that was going to be the Savior of the world. And they're like, wow, he died. But the good news is what? That even when he was on the cross and he says it was finished, that plan of salvation, but his job was not finished. He continued on. He was resurrected from the dead. His resurrection... And he's sitting upon the right hand of the Father making intercession 
for each and every one of us. It's the good news of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for each and every one of us. You know, the gospel, the gospel is a declaration of what God has promised in covenant to his people. That's what the gospel, when you look at it, it talks about, it's a declaration of what God has promised in covenant with his people. The New Testament, the New Testament, the new covenant with his people. And I will be a God and they shall be my people. And he says, and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. When you realize that all of our sins and iniquities, he doesn't even remember them. Doesn't remember for what Jesus Christ accomplished upon the cross and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. If we look at it, we go down to chapter 7. Paul says, you know what? Whereof I was made a minister. I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. God's power. God's power. You know, a minister of the gospel, not by men, but of God. If you look at, if you look at some of them, all of these, when they, they took it, you know, look, look at chapter one, verse one, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. What does he says? A minister of the gospel, not by man, but God. He says, by the will of God. By the will of God. Some of these books I'm, I'm reading, they're back in the 17s, the 1600s. And they're talking back then. Back then they had seminaries where people went there. And he, he's really, he was really saying, that's not the way it should be. Preachers are called of God. Preachers are called of God. They don't have to. They learn. They learn from other preachers and ministers, as I have learned from uh, Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, Brother Jimmy, Brother Zach, you know, Brother Ray Hoggard, some of these. It's amazing when we when we look at this stuff, not by men, but of God. That was Ephesians. Look at look at First Corinthians chapter two. Remember, it's not by man or men, but by God. First Corinthians chapter two, we're going to read verses one through five. And I, brethren, this is Paul now, Paul, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing word, words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but it, excuse me, but in the power of God. So you can see it's all about demonstration of the spirit and of power. That our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because God is so good to us. 
in each and everything, isn't it? As he comes and he, and he talks to us all, all the time. A minister. A minister is a Christian teacher and a pastor. That's who a, a minister is. You know, and if we look at that, turn back into Ephesians. In Ephesians <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up of the body of Christ. So these are the things that we do. A true minister of the gospel is called of God. Now remember, called of God to the work of the ministry. And he does this by the ability that has been given to him by God. And this is who Paul is. This is who Paul is. He's a true minister of the gospel. We know that he was called of God because when he was on the road to Damascus, remember the lights showed down around about him. And Jesus says, Paul, Paul, why persecutest thou me? Paul answers, who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And what, is, what does Paul say? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What wilt thou have me to do? It's amazing when we see these things. You know, and he was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. Isn't that? And I, and I think if you look at just about every single one of the, of these, it talks about that. You know, that he's, he was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. And we can see that this was Paul. Remember how Paul was. He persecuted the church. I guess I shouldn't get rid of myself because I think I have that a little later on. But, but he had letters, what, from the high priest? That if he found any of that way, he was going to bring them bound back to Jerusalem. This is the way he was. You know, when we look at this, according to the gift of the grace of God, and it says, not according to his natural capacity or acquired learning. Remember, Paul was brought up at the feet of Gamaliel. He was, he was, a, he was a teacher. There's more than one time that his name is brought up in, in the New Testament. And he, he was a teacher of the Jews. All about the things that you remember, Paul was brought up a Pharisee, a Pharisee, but according to a gift, a ministerial gift that was given unto Paul. Paul, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but look at verse eight. Look at Paul says, "Unto me who am less than the meat, who is less, unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given." That I should preach among the Gentiles. Remember, he was, he was given to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And he's going to go, I'm, I'm supposed to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. That's what Paul was sent to do. You know, 
according to a gift, a ministerial gift, a gift of interpreting the scriptures. A gift of interpreting the scriptures. You know, you gotta understand when he was, Paul was back there interpreting the scriptures, he only had the Old Testament. He didn't have the New Testament. And probably through this time, he was writing a lot of the New Testament, Paul was, and these epistles, in these letters that he was sending to all these churches. Imparting his what? A ministerial gift that he was giving them to them of interpreting the scriptures and explaining the truths of the gospel to the edification of men, to the building up of men. This is what Paul was out there doing. He was going all over the place. We got to understand, he didn't have, he didn't have a car. They had no airplanes back then. Like some of these big time preachers. You know, that have, it used to be, remember, it started out, well, they had to have a Rolex watch. Then all of a sudden they had to have the big fancy cars. They couldn't just drive around in a Ford or a Chevy. They had to have a Cadillac, a Mercedes and everything. Well, then that wasn't good enough for them. Well, I got to go around the world. I got to go around the United States. I can't be driving. I can't drive. I can't fly coach. Oh, no. They couldn't even fly first class. Now they had to have their own jets to get about. Don't get me on that subject, let me tell you. Because they're just, they're phony preachers. They're phony preachers. They don't preach the word of God. They really don't. They're going around, spreading lies. We look at this and we see. Paul was the apostle of the Gentiles. His apostleship was a, was a gift that was given unto him, a gift of God, a free gift. Nobody else wanted to do it. You gotta understand, a lot of the believing Jews wouldn't have anything to do with it. Remember, <clears throat> remember what happened to Peter when he went into Cornelius. And while they were there preaching to them, what? The Holy Spirit was given unto them. He came back to Jerusalem and they said, the believing Jews sat there and said, you went unto a man that was uncircumcised and you ate with him? They thought that Peter had lost his mind. What, were, what are you thinking? But he had it all rehearsed. You don't think God is in things? Look at when Cornelius' men came to that house for Peter, what happened with Peter when he left? Go back and read that. He took witnesses with him. Smart man, huh? Because he knew that when he did went there and came back, that he was going to be in a world of hurt, let's say. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were going to say, whoa, this is not good what you just did, Peter. But he did these things. Power was given to Paul from above, from above to preach the gospel. We look at, we look at Paul and we realize how much of the New Testament he wrote, how much wisdom that God gave unto him. This is a man who didn't like it, like it. 
Turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 17. We talk about that he's given a gift from above. Look in verse 17, James chapter 1. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift that's been given, a gift that Paul was given, came down from the Father of lights. The Father of lights. It is amazing when we look at these things. Turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. When we look at these things, isn't it interesting? Verses 6 and 7. Let's go to five. Paul writing says, Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Ministers. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And he, God gave it the increase to Paul to preach the words to the Gentiles. When we go back to Ephesians chapter 3. According to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. The effectual working of his power. That word effectual means producing an effect or the effect desired or an in, or intended, having adequate power or force to produce the effect. The effects are working. God and Jesus Christ have that power, the power to produce the effect that was in Paul. Paul. Last scripture, then I got some few things to, to read. Go to Acts chapter 9. You know, if you look at chapter 9 in Acts, that's talking about Paul because it starts out, and Saul yet breathing out, that's in verse 1, I'm sorry, and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of yeah, of this way, whether they are men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So we're going to go down to verse 15. Remember, Ananias had come in. But the Lord said unto him, said unto Ananias, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So we can see right from the very beginning, Paul said, you know, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He is a chosen vessel. And Jesus Christ knew from the very beginning that he was to bear his name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. 
Paul had given a, 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 a mighty thing to try to accomplish. The power of God is seen in working grace in the hearts of men. We see that power of God that works in each and every one of us to help us to go through these things. The power of God put forth in the conversion of Paul, the conversion of Paul, and putting him into the ministry. God had a plan for Paul to preach to the Gentiles. Isn't that amazing when we see these things? You know, when we look at it, and we see that Paul was opposed to those who were what? Of the way. Of that way. That way. What is that way? Christ followers. Those that believed in Jesus Christ. You know, in that, we see that Paul, how he was opposed at the beginning of chapter 9, and that nothing but the power and grace of God could overcome that. That. It's the same thing with us, isn't it? I'm going to read this last thing in closing. He was on the road to Damascus with letters from the high priest. When Jesus, we look at it, Jesus took control of his life, didn't he? Jesus took control of his life. You know, when I'm looking, took control of his life. Look at, look at Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two, verses four through seven. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together, made us alive together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And we look at that, and he says, in the ages to come. You see these things written over 2,000 years ago, and it's still the same thing 2,000 years after this was written, isn't it? Isn't it? You know what? He loved each and every blood-bought child. God, even everyone here, he loved us when we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins. And I wrote down, this is child, this is Paul. This is Paul to talking about. And each and every blood-bought child of God that were to be this way. And it's so good what God has, has, has done unto us. Just, if you get a chance, Read through chapter 2 again of Ephesians and just see what shape we were in, what condition we were in. Without that power of God. But we're so thankful to God that through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through that hidden mystery, that we could be partakers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you for your kind attention this morning. <clears throat> Does anybody have a song in closing? No song?